0: section four of captains of industry this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by phil chenevere captains of industry by james parton section four michael reynolds engine driver literature in these days throws light into many an out-of-the-way corner it is rapidly making us all acquainted with one another A locomotive engineer in England has recently written a book upon his art in order, as he says, to communicate that species of knowledge which it is necessary for an engine driver to possess who aspires to take high rank on the footplate. He magnifies his office and, evidently, regards the position of an engineer as highly enviable. It is very natural, he remarks, for those who are unacquainted with locomotive driving to admire the life of an engine man and to imagine how very pleasant it must be to travel on the engine. But they do not think of the gradations by which alone the higher positions are reached. They see only on the express engine the picturesque side of the result of many years of patient observation and toil. This passage was to me a revelation for i had looked upon an engineer and his assistant with some compassion as well as admiration and have often thought how extremely disagreeable it must be to travel on the engine as they do not so michael reynolds the author of this book who has risen from the rank of fireman to that of locomotive inspector on the london and brigton railroad he tells us that a model engineer quote, is possessed by a master passion a passion for the monarch of speed close quote. such an engineer is distinguished also for his minute knowledge of the engine and nothing makes him happier than to get some new light upon one of its numberless parts so familiar is he with it that his ear detects the slightest variation in the beats of the machinery and can tell the shocks and shakes which are caused by a defective road from those which are due to a defective engine even his nose acquires a peculiar sensitiveness in the midst of so much heat he can detect that which arises from friction before any mischief has been done at any rate of speed he knows just how his engine ought to sound shake and smell let us see how life passes on a locomotive and what is the secret of success in the business of an engineer the art of arts in engine driving is the management of the fire every reader is aware that taking care of a fire is something in which few persons become expert most of us think that we ourselves possess the knack of it but not another individual of our household agrees with us now a man born with the genius for managing a locomotive is one who has a high degree of the fire-making instinct mr reynolds distinctly says that a man may be a good mechanic may have even built locomotives and yet if he is not a good shovel man if he does not know how to manage his fire he will never rise to distinction in his profession the great secret is to build the fire so that the whole mass of fuel will ignite and burn freely without the use of the blower and so bring the engine to the train with a fire that will last when we see an engine blowing off steam furiously at the beginning of the trip we must not be surprised if the train reaches the first station behind time since it indicates a fierce thin fire that has been rapidly ignited by the blower an accomplished engineer backs his engine to the train without any sign of steam or smoke but with a fire so strong and sound that he can make a run of fifty miles in an hour without touching it. The engineer, it appears, if he has an important run to make, comes to his engine an hour before starting. His first business on an English railroad is to read the notices posted up in the engine house of any change in the condition of the road requiring special care. His next duty is to inspect his engine in every part, first to see if there is water enough in the boiler and that the fire is proceeding properly then that he has the necessary quantity of water and coal in the tender he next gets into the pit under his engine with the proper tools and inspects every portion of it trying every nut and pin within his reach from below then he walks around the engine and particularly notices if the oiling apparatus is exactly adjusted some parts require for example four drops of oil every minute and he must see that the apparatus is set so as to yield just that quantity he is also to look into his toolbox box and to see if every article is in its place mr reynolds enumerates twenty-two objects which a good engineer will always have within his reach such as fire implements of various kinds machinist tools lamps of several sorts oiling vessels a quantity of flax and yarn copper wire a copy of the rules and his time-table all of which are to be in the exact place designed for them so that they can be snatched in a moment one of the chief virtues of the engineer and his companion the fireman is one which we are not accustomed to associate with their profession that is cleanliness on this point our author grows eloquent and he declares that a clean engineer is almost certain to be an excellent one in every particular the men upon a locomotive cannot it is true avoid getting black smudges upon their faces the point is that both the men and their engines should be clean in all the essential particulars so that all the faculties of the men and all the devices of the engine shall work with ease and certainty there is something he remarks so very degrading about dirt that even a poor beast highly appreciates clean straw. Cleanliness hath a charm that hideth a multitude of faults, and it is not difficult to trace a connection between habitual cleanliness and a respect for general order, for punctuality, for truthfulness, for all placed in authority. Do you mark that sentence, reader? The spirit of the Saxon race speaks in those lines. You observe that this author ranks among the virtues... a respect for all placed in authority that of course may be carried too far nevertheless the strong races and the worthy men of all races do cherish a respect for lawful authority a good soldier is proud to salute his officer on some english railroads both engineers and engines are put to tests much severer than upon roads elsewhere between hollyhead and chester a distance of ninety-seven miles, the express train runs without stopping, and they do this with so little strain that an engine performed the duty every day for several years. A day's work of some crack engineers is to run from London to Crewe and back again in ten hours, a distance of three hundred and thirty miles, stopping only at rugby for three minutes on each trip there are men who perform this service every working day the whole year through without a single delay this is a very great achievement and can only be done by engineers of the greatest skill and steadiness it was long indeed before any man could do it and even now there are engineers who dare not take the risk on the hudson river road some of the trains run from new york to Poughkeepsie, eighty miles without stopping but not every engineer could do it at first, and very often a train stopped at Peekskill to take in water. The water is the difficulty, and the good engineer is one who wastes no water and no cold. Mr. Reynolds enumerates all the causes of accidents from the engine, many of which cannot be understood by the uninitiated, as we read them over and see in how many ways an engine can go wrong. We wonder that a train ever arrives at its journeys in in safety. At the conclusion of this formidable list, the author confesses that it is incomplete and notifies young engineers that nobody can teach them the innermost secrets of the engine. Some of these, he remarks, require years of study, and even then they remain in some degree mysterious. Nevertheless, he holds out to ambition the possibility of final success and calls upon young men to concentrate all their energies upon the work self-reliance he says is a grand element of character it has won olympic crowns and isthmian laurels it confers kinship with men who have vindicated their divine right to be held in the world's memory let the master passion of the soul evoke undaunted energy in pursuit of the attainment of one end aiming for the highest in the spirit of the lowest prompted by the burning thought of reward which sooner or later will come we perceive that michael reynolds possesses one of the prime requisites of success he believes in the worth and dignity of his vocation and in writing this little book he has done something to elevate it in the regard of others to judge from some of his directions i should suppose that engineers in england are not as a class as well educated or as intelligent as ours locomotive engineers in the united states Rank very high in intelligence and respectability of character. End of section four. Recording by Phil Chenevere.